Balotelli, Aguero! Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Plastics Podcast, a show where three American wankers determine alternate methods for American elections. Quick question, should a president elect have to successfully make it through, are you smarter than a fifth grader, to assume the office? Let's let the people decide. No, I don't think that's fair. (laughs) You're joined by vacation mode, Maddie Gaylor. I'm already on the beach. She's feeling good about tomorrow. Uh, I'm feeling about tomorrow. Also in the studio, cooking heat, Blair, I saw this coming the whole way, <laughs> lacrosse. God damn it. Our thoughts are with him at this time. <laughs> also, it's me, Jacob Burke. I live here. This week, chaos and the seeming march of the inevitable. Manchester City route Arsenal in a heavyweight match. I wrote route twice. Manchester United quietly grabbed three points against a feisty Aston Villa, and Liverpool and Tottenham duke it out to see who can bottle a game better. The moral of the story, folks, if you're coming for the king, you best not miss. This, Jerry Springer's impact on America, and why the original Super Mario Brothers movie is better than the new one. Hmm. Hmm. A lot of interesting topics Hmm. on the docket, guys. Hmm. How was how was everyone's week though? How are we all doing? Surprisingly, I'm doing great. Surprisingly, okay. Do you should, do we need to dig into that? No, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm 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 doing fantastic. That's good. Uh, the week was weird, but I'm great. How are you, Blair? I'm fine. How how are Ooh. Blair? You're paying far more attention than I think me and Maddie are. How are the NBA playoffs? They're great so far. Yeah, what's happening? Been a lot of fun. What's happening? Um, we had a first seed upset. Um, an eighth seed team, the Miami Heat, knocked out the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. Oh, our that friend is going to be so excited. Surprising. Yeah, Darren. yeah, Darren will be excited. Um, yeah, so that was cool. Kind of. I actually was hoping Milwaukee would make it out of the East because I think they stand the best chance of knocking out the Celtics. So go on, Joel Embiid, do your thing. Um, All right, question. Do we want the Celtics to lose? Yes. Is that what we want? Always. Okay, always. Yes. Okay. Um, The Knicks made it past um, the Cleveland Cavaliers in the second round. I think this is their first playoff series win in like two decades, something like that. Um, They lost game one to the Heat today, coincidentally. Uh, Jimmy Butler may have rolled his ankle. So Mm, TBD on that. That's bad. Yeah, and then we had a game seven. Sacramento lost to Golden State. Uh, behind Stephen Curry's 50-pointer um, that game. The game was 50 points. He didn't shoot one basket that scored 50 points. That would be unfair. That would be interesting, though. Yeah. From way out uh, what team? What space. team are you trying to... What team do you want to make? I, I think it would be team. really interesting. Now that Sacramento's knocked out, because I think they're a very fun story. I think it would be really interesting if the Denver Nuggets won a championship. Oh, wait. The Kings are out? Yeah. They oh. lost. They lost today. Oh, okay. Yeah. It would be interesting if the... Denver Nuggets. No, Denver Nuggets. Won. They are up 1-0 on the Suns at the moment. They, have they ever won it? Have they ever gone Have they ever the won way? it? Have they ever found that golden nugget? I don't think they... I don't know if they have. Hmm. Who would they have won it with? Hmm. All right. Maddie. Yeah. What, what's up? How's, how's Lester doing? We're not going to talk about them this Boy, week. Boy, Lester are slowly imploding. And mm-hmm. by slowly, I mean like really slowly Mm -hmm. so it's going to come down to the wire all we need tomorrow is a win and or a tie and or a tie and that will put us into 16th place and that folks is (laughs) out of relegation that is out of relegation yeah it's not it doesn't mean we're safe by any stretch of an imagination um because you know we can win one game and then lose the next to fucking uh, right who did we lose have to? you we tied leads. have you composed who your relegation leads? poems yet um or your promotion poems because we have two promoted teams right now we we have to do some promotion poems i haven't uh written any relegation poems because it's just so tight right so yeah okay that's fair but we have Burnley and Sheffield that need promotion poems. Yeah. So we'll start uh, composing. Oh man, am I boring Sorry. you? No, 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 no. I just I'm 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 good. I'm good. Okay. Uh we'll each have to do a relegation and a promotion poem. I thought these were your things. 
I thought this was like a Maddie no. poem special. A troubadour. I'm pretty sure all three door. of us did poems last like year. Like we're going to watch you do caroling, but poems down the doors on our street. No, no, no. I'm happy to poem. We all do poems. Okay. You choose your uh, scheme, your rhyming scheme, mm-hmm. and uh, away Fair we enough. go. Fair enough. We'll get that uh, when we know, when we all know. When Jacob? Everything, everything's good, yeah. How was your week? It was busy. I had a busy week. Um yeah, work was busy. Did you care to explain what you do at work these days, Jacob? Yeah, I... <laughs> you know the answer to that, Blair. No, I was not. <laughs> no, I was just curious, man. I, just, I feel like we haven't gotten a chance to catch up in a little question. while. <laughs> it was a busy work week. And no, I'm not going to share all the details of my personal mm-hmm. life. The dirty deeds? Yeah, I have a crazy personal life. I'm insane, dude. Wow. You don't know what I do behind closed doors. I work from home most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's very... He's crazy. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, we had a busy, busy match week, and we've got three to four matches that we've got here, uh, and we're going to start off hot and heavy here with, um, well, you know what? Let's just have the intro take it away, huh? They had been shredded for a quarter of an hour, but now here's Schotter, Diogo Schotter! Yeah, I love, I love it when the cop comes together. It's just, it's really nice. It's nice. Jacob, can you describe to us <laughs> uh, the moment when Jota scored? What uh, went through your mind, uh, and then what actions did you immediately take? Yeah. And how is your foot? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny old sport, isn't it? <laughs> The way this uh, this thing goes, uh, I so <laughs> I mean I assume if you're listening to this episode, you know what happened. But if not, we'll recap it in a lovely manner for you. However, when Jota scored, I had abandoned all hope. Like ah, I should have seen this coming. It's my fault for having my <laughs> oh. hopes up for an easy win. Th- this one's on me. And then um, I would personally like to thank Lucas Moira for doing what he did. Uh, it's great work, uh, fantastic stuff on the field. Uh, I can't get enough of it. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't just boot that thing to hell uh, oh, down the stretch the other way, but hey, who am I to question genius? And when Jota picked it up, I knew. Because he had his head down, it was that gut feeling I had, and he put it through, and it's like, Ugh! And then I got up and then I immediately sprinted away from the couch. Hit the coffee table. Our apartment is small. And so we have a living room and then trailing off on the right is just a thin hallway that goes to our door. So yeah, I run, I hit the coffee table. I knock over a glass of water. I sprint down the hallway screaming, reach the front door, realize I can't go any farther, run back to watch the replay and then smash my foot on the dining room table. Mm. It was quite the feat of like athleticism. It was. I managed to hit multiple things in a simple line sprint up and down. All the while, just screaming. After watching someone perform an incredible feat of athleticism, wouldn't you just like to be our neighbors? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, and then my foot. My foot still hurts. Actually, <laughs> my my left foot still it's hurts. Not, it's not a shock. No. You really kicked the shit out of that table. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Liverpool 4-3 Tottenham in a game that was decided twice in extra time. Blair, uh, you were so gracious to write the notes for this episode, and I have here, ha 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 I didn't write that. Oh no. Ha 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 ha. That doesn't sound me. I don't think that was me. You plead the fifth on that one? Fine, 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 fine. <laughs> okay, so uh, Liverpool win it in the 94th minute, uh, the fourth out of six extra minutes of uh, the game. And um, I don't know. It's this, what, this, is, this is a weird game. This is a weird game. If there's a weird game that happens, this is a weird game. Right? Yeah, it's always strange when you go up 3-0, almost I- immediately. the points. Yeah, 3-0 almost immediately, and then see that fade away, and then... Just okay. decide, oh, 
Okay, Liverpool score three goals in the first fifteen minutes of the game. That's a goal every five minutes. If you, if you're not if you don't like math, if you're playing at home. Uh, so first of all, only bested by Newcastle's performance. <laughs> a game prior, which was five goals in twenty minutes. Yeah, I think it's a goal every four minutes. Yes, which is wow. Then Liverpool decide to take the gas off the pedal, pedal off the gas. Pedal yeah. off the gas, yep. They stop putting the pedal to the metal. There you go. Mm-hmm. And Tottenham slowly but surely grow back into the game with a goal in the first half. Or if you're Ryan Mason, always had control of this game and were the better team and should have won. Right. You know, he's, he's just doing the manager thing. He's got to do the manager thing. Oh, yeah, no. you know how like at your end of your reviews, you always have to give yourself like a satisfactory score? Like, I think that's the guy who's clearly the interim who wants it a head coaching job. That's yeah. what he does. He's do like, you think he's going to get it? Oh, no, no. Okay. Yeah, he, he, he was, he's like there. I don't know. He's, he's been their interim manager before. He's like there. He's, he's a, for a 31 year old, he's been in coaching for a while. So he's only 31. Yeah. 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 He was born Why in the 1990s. I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm sure people know, but I don't know. Uh, anyway, Harry Kane scores in the 40th minute. Uh, Hung, Hung Sung scores in the 77th and then finally coming on and scoring his first goal of the Premier League season, Richarlison in the third minute of extra time at the end of the game. Congrats. You know, you can do the shirt pull off celebration. You can do the shushing the crowd and the chicken dance and all that when you are pretty sure that what you've just done Will win the game. Is going to no. Why not win the game? They they were only they only brought it to a draw. Yeah, I know that was my point. But when you're pretty sure that like what you've done is like the final yeah. movement of that play, right? But when you play for Tottenham, <laughs> until that whistle goes, I would I would just be cautious <laughs> of doing all of that because good lord, I I think it does it does it that really does provoke fate doesn't it because you yeah. take your shirt off you get the yellow card for the celebrations you do like the chicken dance with son and then yeah. not not even a minute later uh the ball is careening down the stretch and jota picks up on an errant <laughs> pass from moira to uh romero and then it's once again all over okay so we have to actually <laughs> talk about some analysis here right which is kind of tough um now this is not necessarily a new phenomenon, but Liverpool are playing with a new style, right? Mm-hmm. A th- back three. Um, in this back three, we have uh, Andrew Robertson as a left back slash central cent- left left sided center back, uh, Virgil Van Dyke and Ibrahim Kanate when in possession. Then Fabinho and Alexander Arnold shifting into a double pivot midfield. And then finally having a, I want to say, like a three lineup, right? Gakpo drops back as a 10, sort of. And then in this, the case of this game, we had uh, the boys, Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott. And then pushed up front, Mohamed Salah and Luis Diaz for the start of the game. Is this Trent Alexander's true form? You know... I don't know. I I think um I think people get a little bit, you know, pigeonholed with positions a lot because yeah. you know, you get you get good at one thing and then you stick to it, but players can evolve. We see this quite a few times over the course of a career, especially if a player plays with one team. And uh I think that Trent is doing very well here. The one thing is that we're so used to seeing Matt right back because it worked so well at right back. And he would just travel up and down that far right-sided channel and just ping balls into the center all the time. And then all the teams were like, hey, there's an easy way to exploit this. Let's just hound him because he can't defend. And so now he's not really he, – he, he stays back more. Instead of marauding so far upfield, he kind of just stays in this like half space that stays farther back, letting Fabinho also take care of things. I don't know. Blair? Yeah, yeah. I'm what, here. what did you think of Liverpool's system that they employed against Spurs? Um, I really, what I noted was just kind of what you're describing, and it's just that Kanate is very much taking up the defensive position that Trent was originally. 
um, and that I feel as though Liverpool's recent sort of stabilization in the league um, and climb back from the mid-table seems to have kind of coincided with Kanate covering the space more than mm-hmm. Trent was. And I think that makes sense because Kanate is quite good at it. Um, it's really not too dissimilar to like what Arsenal do with um, Ben White and then Gabriel and Saliba, if he still exists. Um, but just uh, sort of the inverse because obviously Andy is on the left and uh, Zinchenko is on the on the or sorry, Trent's on the right and Zinchenko's on the left. Either way. Um, yeah, it just seems to make a lot more sense to me. It seemed like a lot more defensively stable. <clears throat> um, but the goals that were, I guess, eventually conceded, they seem to come from more individual players not being able to make plays. I mean, especially in that first one with Virgil. But um, yeah, as far as being sort of the springboard for going forward, I think it makes a lot of sense. Trent's a very creative player, putting him in the middle of the park I don't think is going to be any worse on the attacking side than having him bombed on the right side because he's got all the passing range in the world. So Yeah, that first goal that crossed all the way to Jones was nice to see. Um, excellent cross, excellent finish. Yeah, great finishes from Jones and I believe Luis Diaz. Oh my God, that finish um, was nuts. I think... Um, Forster is going to, you know, I think I think it's always really demoralizing when you've got a game like that in the first 15 minutes as a goalkeeper. Um, but I, I don't think I don't think he's the one to really blame here. Uh, if you've got uh, Christian Romero, um, who I think hasn't really been up to the level that a team like Tottenham should be, especially post World Cup. And then Pedro Porro. um I mean, he's been up and down, hasn't he? Because I think we really liked his first few performances in a Tottenham shirt, and this one, not so much. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I think Poro, uh, he needs to do a little bit better in the duels, for sure. Um, that's going to be a, a bigger part of his job. I think he looks pretty good on the ball, though. Um, he's a pretty solid like possession wing back, but yeah, defensively, I mean, I think he definitely needs to uh, tighten up a bit. He lost possession 17 times uh, in this match, which is it's that's tough. That's yeah, tough. that is tough. Uh, gosh, Maddie, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think of Tottenham as a whole? Because uh, I think you you don't you don't like Tottenham. <laughs> so <laughs> you got me there. And I know I, I can't really talk to Blair about Tottenham because he's like bathing in he, this right yeah, now. Yeah, he's he's living. Um, I thought that Tottenham looked a lot like a certain other uh, blue and white team, a.k.a. I thought they looked a lot like Chelsea and their finishing problems. I mean, Sun has absolutely (laughs) missed wide open nets two games in a row. I think he hit both posts and the crossbar in this game. He had... Yeah, he had multiple woodwork shots, which is really batting the cycle. Yeah. Deer hit uh Deer hit the woodwork against Manchester United. Like their their front line cannot hit the broad side of a barn right mm. now. And the fact that I mean Well they, they did, did, they did have, produce three goals this game. They did. But they had so many opportunities. That like so many wide open them and the goalie opportunities. Yeah, they. I think Ballison definitely bailed us out several. It was it was after the third goal. I think Tottenham had like two clear cut opportunities that were saved by Allison's leg one mm-hmm, time, mm-hmm. and then I think Verge actually no, it's Kanate that had a good block. Um, and then so like that's to me that's where I was like, oh well, they certainly have an avenue back because we aren't really letting them we're, we're not we're not snuffing them out they they're still breathing and yeah um but this game does say something for their mental fortitude because you know going down 5-0 yeah. against newcastle in 20 minutes and then going down 3-0 in 15 against liverpool that's a hell of a comeback to mentally mentally stay in the game yeah i was gonna say that too i think it would have sounded kind of troll coming from me because like they sort of have experience with this already and like (laughs) it's like a shame i guess but um yeah i mean they they i don't know i guess they'd been there in a sense um and i don't know i think that the the trouble for liverpool is that they they weren't really able to just like 
it's a weird position to be in because a 3-0 lead really at any point in the game is just sort of like, it feels like this is over with. But mm -hmm. to try to kill the game for the next like, yeah, you know, 60, 75 minutes or whatever is like, that's, I don't know, it's just a, it's a strange it's, position to be in. It, well, it's definitely not, it's, it's different from, I think, a Liverpool that have been present because usually they would just keep going. Yeah, and that's like, I think that's where Liverpool look most like the Liverpool I've come to know over the last, you know, half decade is they just keep coming at you. In this match, they, you know, they didn't stop attacking, but yeah. um, they definitely started to slow down after the third goal. And I think that's where uh, Spurs were able to get a foothold in the match and then start to um, retain some possession a bit, move the ball around the pitch and just start to... I don't know, complete some passes and feel like they can get into the flow of things a little more than they were in the first 15 minutes where Liverpool were just swarming them. Let me uh, let me ask you this, because I think Liverpool are, especially this summer, at a bit of a standstill with um, where they want to go. Klopp loves using the old guard. Uh, most of the fans are clamoring for new signings. And FSG is being wonderfully silent on the whole thing. So... Center backs. Mm. Virgil van Dijk is looking a bit rusty, and he has been this season. Yeah. Um, do you, if you are, and this is both to you, Maddie and Blair, uh, do you, if you are you're the sporting director, get a replacement with the intent in mind for that replacement to start over van Dijk? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, mean, I think, uh, sorry, go ahead, Maddie. He's a locker room presence, but he's also uh, some games a hazard on the field. Yeah, I think I think like like Verge is still very good. Yeah, it's not like to take away from that. Um, I just think that like players do age, and I think that you start to reach this sort of inflection point when they're on their uh, decline, where they go from being the super elite player where there's a lot of emotion and, and fondness tied up to the player. Right. And it's hard to sort of, sort of start to phase them out. And then you hit a point where it's like, oh, okay, this player is not at the level we need him to be. And I think then it becomes sort of toxic because it's like, there's like these mixed emotions of like sort of on the one hand fondness on the other hand, like, starting to become like sort of bitter or whatever towards him. Yeah. And so like, you just need to find a way to, integrate the new player i mean like kanate came in he was a great signing um he's a good player but it's not like when they bought him joel matip was needing a replacement immediately right so i think it's fine way uh, finding a way to get the target that you want getting them embedded into the system and then allowing them to slowly sort of start to rotate in and take in that starter position okay so on the shopping list this Summer, it's two midfielders, a center back, and a right back. I mean, it's absolutely a center back, right? Because right now you've got Kante, you've got Van Dyke, you've got Matip, you've got Joe Gomez. <laughs> that the question mark should be there, yes. Right, and so, like, we talked about Van Dyke. I don't know how Matt, how old Matip is. Thirty-one. They're all in their thirties. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, not Joe, but he's. So he's very injury prone. Um, he's yeah. injury prone, and he's been very poor this season. I think, on in terms of tiers of what to get, when to get it, um, a midfielder is going above a center back. Center back's number two. Yeah, right back's number three. So, yeah, um, because we had uh, we we signed a guy from Aberdeen, um, Calvin Ramsey. Ramsey. Uh, and he promptly injured himself, uh, which was nice to see. And <laughs> so maybe we the the thought was at the beginning of this uh, season that we'd see him a few times in like an FA Cup here and there. But you know how the season rapidly took it down. <laughs> so that's okay. Uh, last question on Liverpool before we move on: Where do they finish? Oh, that's a, I was going to ask you that. Yeah, uh, let's if we take a moment to look at the table we can see that um there's no way they're getting second so and there's no way they're getting first so we're looking at third and fourth if we want to finish top four we are looking at manchester united and newcastle as the teams to beat manchester united have a game in hand and their fixtures that remain are uh brighton west ham wolves bournemouth chelsea and fulham not actually that terrible 
Uh, that's a Although, in Eric Ten Hogg's opinion, the worst schedule in the league. Well, he's doing the manager thing, and uh, that's what he's got to do. Um, Maybe just, you know, not talk. Liverpool's <laughs> remaining fixtures are Fulham, Fulham home, yes. Brentford home, Leicester away, Villa home, Southampton away. Yeah, so I don't like... I mean, I think if you had to pick which games were home and which you could afford to be away, this is the exact kind of schedule you'd want. Yes. Uh, Fulham at home, Bradford at home, and Villa at home. Yes. That's fantastic. Um, respectfully, Leicester away. I think we can handle that. Respectfully, Southampton away. You don't know what we're packing these days. Severely knocks on wood. I think we can handle that. I think Southampton away at that point in the season, they very well will be relegated yeah they yes, might they might be a dead fish yeah so it really comes down to whether or not manchester united or newcastle trip up newcastle's got uh arsenal i believe uh this next weekend leeds brighton leicester chelsea um so that i think newcastle have the harder fixture set between the two but newcastle have also scored have. six four and three in their last three games they have yes uh I it'll just come down to which team trips first, and I think it's going to be Newcastle. Okay. However, I will mm. acknowledge that um, I said Newcastle would finish in the top four earlier in the season, and so I can't I can't contradict myself. Hmm. Okay, Manchester United will be out um, because that will both bring me joy in two ways. <laughs> so That's, yes, yeah. Newcastle to me is a bit too far. Like nine points is hard to make up in five, six matches remaining. Um, yeah, but I think Manchester United are going to win their next fixture. So it's like nine or seven against Brian. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. I, I, I do think this Manchester United team is much more mentally stable they have it's it's when they're up that they're a problem right if they go up early like we did uh they will concede more and so uh i don't know i i just i have i have more faith in manchester now than i did in manchester two months ago yeah i think that's fair they're, i think they have a good. mental problem i think if they go down then their captain gets really really down <laughs> and then they stop playing yeah. Um, well, it, either way, it's going to be tough. And honestly, I am not. I, I'm not concerned with European soccer right now. I'm yeah. just you just want to make it through this season. I just want to make it. Th I just want to make it to the end. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, at least you're not relegated. Huzzah! That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, that's that's that. That was fun. That was funny. And uh, my. Oh, uh, what's worse? Yeah. <laughs> what's worse? Six one. Uh huh. I think I already know the answer to this. Or four to three. Which starts out three nil, comes back to three three in the ninety third minute, and ends four three. You losing. What hurts more? Yeah. So okay, I can take this <laughs> uh, as a team this season who scored, uh, who, who I believe went two goals up against Real Madrid, and then Real Madrid came back. Oh yeah. And thrashed us. Scored five. Yes. Yeah. Um. The haven't. It's it. It truly, truly is. And I think any fan of Detroit sports will agree with this. It truly <laughs> is the hope that kills you. <laughs> if you're already down and you're being kicked, that's just an like. It's just yeah. it doesn't matter. Up. Just yeah. Score as many as you want. If it's the high highs of oh my god, we pulled out a tie, and then 60 seconds later conceding uh -huh. another one yep. at the dying end of extra time. I, I think that that's genuine. And like, honestly, Tottenham fans have every right to be pissed at the club for what's going on. Um, oh, I think Tottenham and Chelsea are in like, <laughs> they're, they're in the uh, identity. Like they're just trying to find themselves and who they are stage Ooh. of like this, whatever iteration they're in. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know what to like, what do you even say to a Tottenham fan at this point that they haven't already said to themselves? Get a haircut, you know? Dye it, maybe. Cut it short. Let it grow. You know? Change something about yourself. Yeah. Tattoos. Yeah, tattoos. Skincare routine. Yeah, go maybe to go to the gym. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will say, though, I think there is a bit of a reason for Tottenham fans to be a bit aggrieved with how Jota kept, 
kicked Skip in the face oh, and then yeah, didn't no, get sent off. That, that was dumb. That was like, yeah, that was, that was, he took that was a, a full cleat to the face. Indication of a red card. Yeah. And then I think uh, Skip also committed a foul earlier in the game that yeah. wasn't called. So Yeah, there was um, a pretty egregious one there too. Hang on. just I, I just want to get this right for a second. But um, I think for Jota to be the one that both committed that pretty horrible foul and then scored... Yeah. the game winner i think that just hurts even more <laughs> it does hurt more and i will acknowledge like that's that was genuinely like a a bad a bad no call yeah um where is he who who ref this game um Paul yeah yeah terrible game refed <laughs> i don't think he's very good i used to think he was all right but i don't think he's no. very Paul good Tierney, uh yeah. well the liverpool community Oh, yeah. Klopp was, like, going in on it. Does him. not like Paul Tierney because yeah. he consistently calls against Liverpool, even though today might be an exception to said rule. Because, yeah, Jody should have been sent off. I think I think most rational fans would agree with that. Okay, uh, want to move on? Want to move on? It. Let's go Let's to uh, Blair. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. All right, we will take this live to our Arsenal correspondent in the field after hearing of a result early this week. Manchester City 4-1, Arsenal at the Etihad. Blair, how Oof. are the fans feeling out there? <laughs> yeah, uh, man, how, no, how's your head? It's how, raining out. How are you doing? Um, I think this was how I expected things to play out, despite my highest hopes and ambitions for the team when you guys kept asking me when i'll say it and i said i won't say it it was because this exact scenario is what i always had in mind <laughs> and it's come to fruition now i i don't mean to uh do you mean the this, this would game play out like this in specific game exactly you thought it would happen like this like a thrashing um and arsenal no, would I, be I up for it i didn't think it'd be a thrashing but i just thought that this uh, this game and also just sort of this sort of stumbling at the finish line would be what would happen, unfortunately. Um, yeah. And uh, not to be like, oh, I was right about this. Like, that was just kind of like my sinking feeling as a sort of pessimist who allows himself some hope every now and then. Um, as it sits, um, for those who aren't looking at a league table right now, Manchester City have played 32 games and they are at 76 points. Arsenal have played 33 games and now sit at 75 points for yes. the first time this season, I believe, in second place. I think it's the second time okay. because I think they briefly went above us after we lost to them the first time around. Um, but who cares? Um, yeah, I think this is basically the start of Man City's coronation as the as the title winners. Um, and I think speaking in broad strokes and big picture, like in the sort of um, the uh, what would you call this the run in, but like the that the phase of the season where all the money is made, right? Tail end. Yeah, um, I think Man City just have the greater level of top-end talent, the greater level of depth, the experience, the know-how that this Arsenal team was always lacking. And so I think that um, what was always like, it's just always like the whole year is like, could this team do it? Like, could Arsenal do it? It's like, they're so young, like they're inexperienced. And when it comes to these things, it would be such a shock if they were able to pull this out. And I think that the answer or the reason that question was asked so much is because it's highly improbable. And now we're finding out why <laughs> I, I want to gently counter and say that I do think Arsenal could have done this. Um, and I still think yeah. I mean, like, t like mathematically and it's totally hypothetically possible still. Still. Yeah. Yeah. So let's not speak in definitives here, but um, I, I do yes. want to dive in. Why did this match play out in the specific way it did in terms of a like as as a squad issue, uh, yeah. I, the the game I saw, this has not been the Arsenal I've seen all season. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was it was I I don't say this lightly. It was sad to watch. Um, <laughs> it was just it was it was tough to see Manchester City casually playing around Arsenal. And like honestly, yeah. if if you're trying to frame this as an advertisement for the league, terrible. Yeah, because for sure. uh, Arsenal put up this amazing fight all season long, a test of endurance as much as skill. And um, then 
I, I don't know. Was this just they were out of gas? Because it, it doesn't seem yeah. like that's an issue that Arsenal has. It all came at once. It's this feeling that I think has been kind of growing that like there's all these little rumblings like, oh, maybe Thomas Party's playing with a small injury that's uh, affecting him because he wasn't himself in this match. The midfield was completely overrun. They weren't able to sustain the ball at all. There's, I think, grumblings amongst the fans about uh, Martin Odegaard sort of shying away from the big moments in these big matches and not really being able to uh, take control and be a calm presence in the midfield. I think that's something I've seen in the past. And I think we were just pressed to death by this group. Um, there's other issues with Saliba. I think he's like a really big part of the team. I think it's hard to see that um, if you don't watch a lot of Arsenal, but uh talking about center backs, I think they're just so important to how you want to play in the buildup. And when you lose something like that, it's incredibly difficult to um, maintain the same level of control um, and threat because a lot of your threatening movements start with one of your center backs. Um, a lot of presses start when, um, for example, we pass to Rob Holding, who's not as good on the ball as uh, Gabrielle or William Sleba are. And so it creates these little flaws in the team that didn't exist before. And it allows a game like um, this to unfold, just given that um, Arsenal were always going to be in this, in the title race, sort of trying to play in the margins to win um, in the margins. And uh, they lost a lot of their ability to do that with <clears throat> some of the uh, performances we've seen lately um, from the boys and some of the injuries. So, yeah, I think I think they just sort of lost. Like, if if this Arsenal first eleven can play all thirty eight matches at the same level, I think they're a title winning team. They're very good. They're very very good. But that's not the reality of this league. It's not the reality of the schedule. Um, and that is uh, where Man City operate. They're built for this kind of run. They're built for not just this kind of run, but also running through the Champions League. Um, the FA Cup, you know, um, and, and the Premier League. So they have the, uh, the the legs to do it, and I don't think right now Arsenal does. So, yeah. Um, that, I mean, a sobering take. I think that I think a lot of um, – I think it's very easy to get emotionally invested if your team's undergoing a title challenge for the first time in 19 years. Yeah. Uh, but um, – I mean, I think I think people would agree by and large that City are a quote better run club, yeah. In terms of the front office, in terms of the staff they got, and um, you know, if you ignore the giant blazing oh, bonfire that is their salary source, sure. Um, hard to not ignore. <laughs> yeah, hard to not ignore, and it's something I think that you know, if you are taking the big picture in mind, it's something you have to acknowledge. Not to say that it lessens what they have done in the past. Five years, six years. It certainly contextualizes it. But it does contextualize uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, however, in terms of this specific game, uh, we have always, this season, been terrified of the De Bruyne to Holland connection. Uh -huh. However, no one expected the Holland to De Bruyne <laughs> connection. Yeah, that's... Two assists and a goal for Holland. One assist and two goals for Kevin De Bruyne. The first one seemed like the most demoralizing way to do it. Yeah, I think he just I, passed that in. I heard that it, the speed he hit on that was like sixty-five miles per hour on the shot. Jeez, it yeah. really doesn't look that fast uh, when you're watching it. On the yeah, on the Bruyne goal. Yeah, it's from distance, right? Yeah, it was. It was. I think a pretty well struck ball. Yeah, but yeah, the horrible, horrible way to to concede your first goal, <laughs> for sure. It's not a good way to get off on the on the foot, right foot there. And I mean, it's the same way that it sort of unfolded at the Emirates too. It was Tomiyasu with a bad back pass and leading to a, a stupid goal to concede. And when you are playing City, can't do that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. Then um, one last thing, um, and Mandy, I'll allow you to weigh in here. Um, <gasps> Wow, Sorry, because I feel like it's been Blair that I've been like dipping back into the I'll misery pool this it. entire time. Yeah, Talk! Yeah, Talk! Yeah. <laughs> Milking me for my misery. Uh, Bob Holding. Rob. Bob Holding. New hair, Bob. New hair, New Bob. Hair, Bob. Uh, he's back. He's filling in for William Saliba. Uh, and he had the, the dignity goal for Arsenal. Hell yeah. 
But do uh, you, Maddie Gaylor, sporting director, see mm. him in the big picture for Arsenal next season? And then I will allow Blair to counter mm. or agree. I think allow. he is a... <laughs> you didn't counter yeah. agree. I felt like that was like too. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. I think he is a good backup to Saliba. I don't think that Arsenal have played the same without Saliba. Obviously, he's a very important part to their game and a very important part to the fans' game. I mean, what are they cheering if they don't have their tequila song? Sadly. But I I mean, I don't think Rob Holding was obviously the only wrong part about this squad. No, to be well, I think I thought Gabriel had a much worse game yes. this game, yes. but I think big picture overall Rob Holding continue. I'm sorry. Continue, please. I, I do think that he is the obvious second choice to Saliba when healthy, but I don't think he is a terrible first choice if Saliba is not there. I think the obvious... Okay, sorry, keep going. No, no, say. <laughs> I think the obvious second choice to Saliba is arguably Ben White. But Ben White is also on the field. I know. That's a, that's a problem. Yeah. The problem yeah. is that Tomiyasu is injured. Yeah, that's, that's, a big, that's another big one. Um, so... And Tommy Asu, I think, could would have been a, a much better player either at Ben White's position, if Ben White plays right center back, or vice versa, even. Okay, um, so but yeah, Blair Lacrosse, sporting director. Yeah, does Rob Holding go in the summer? I don't know. About, well, yeah, I think like assuming. If, let's just say it's just assume you sign another player. Yeah, if you can sell him, definitely. I think Rob Holding would be a fine center back for like eight Premier League clubs. Like to be honest with you, because I think he's like not that bad. Um, I think he's a great center back if you're defending in a lowish block. Um, he likes an aerial duel. Um, and yeah, like I think he's like a fine sort of lower table <laughs> center back. I'm sorry like to say to it that pitch way. A but table or pitch a team for him. Like it would kind of be a good signing for Lester. Yes, yeah, it but, sounds like it would. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just like don't think he necessarily fits how we want to play. Um, and uh, I don't want to lay this all at the feet of Rob Holding. It's not all his fault. Um, no, but it's so if you're to look at this lineup, right? Yeah. Uh, the one against Manchester City in this four three three as it's played, this is the one. This is the person that is the weakest link. Yeah, for sure. And I think Granite Shaka is also in that conversation. Um, he probably need to replace, but. Yeah. For different reasons, I think. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so regardless of what how the season ends, right, uh, Arsenal have to build a- upon this yeah. in order to, in theory, better make a challenge next season. So yeah. um, obviously you signed some people. Um, and my thought is Rob Holding is the thing that you sign – um, you sign a way to improve your depth, right? So I, I just, if, 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 cause like if you are making a title challenge run, you have to think there will be an injury crisis yeah. that happens at a very inconvenient time at some point in the season. And so now we have to deal with that. And this, if anything, this has made something quite clear. We're not, we now know where the leak is. We have yeah. them all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the crazy thing about this team too, uh, is that, I mean, they, they did also have that with Gabriel Jesus, and they sustained it. Like they, they were able to roll that punch. And I think this just that Saliba one is just one too many for them for this year, you know. It's unfortunate. I mean, like I'm looking at the subs and Trossard, great, yeah, great sign. Arguably should be starting. Um Jorginho, yeah, I like him. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he didn't immediately slot into a starting position, I think is a good sign. Uh Emil Smith wrote potential, right? Yeah. Eddie and Kedia, sure. Yeah. Uh Reese Nelson. Uh, jury's out. Um, yeah, it is. So, but yeah, you've got Kieran Tierney. Um, probably go in the summer. He'll probably go Saliba, Tomiyasu, and I don't know. How Nelneni is he? Is he? He's a he's the hype man. He's the hype man. Yeah, he's the guy that everybody likes to be around. Okay, so he's the he's got the mojo. He does. Yeah. Okay. He also tore his ACL, and the club uh, only like kept him around just because they wanted to. Do right by Mo. People like him around there. So is the locker he room is literally getting yeah. his salary off of vibes. Yeah, exactly. It, like, he really is. I think he got like a salary cut. He had his contract extended for a year for his recovery. But like, yeah, he's just around because people like him. Right, I think. Hey, that's 
not not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, I mean, is is this is this guaranteed? Is this is this the table? I think it is. Okay. The nice thing, like I kind of feel a little bit calmer now about this table because now it is cities to lose, I guess, where it definitely felt like it was arsenals to lose before. I think it's just like something about being in first. It's uh, you, you aren't going to look behind you while you're running a race and you're in first. Here's the thing though. They they truly feel inevitable. They do. They, they, they They have this presence that just, that is it's terrifying the thing about them too that's different from city uh teams of years past is that they're so much bigger and more physical than i remember them being their back line is basically all dudes that were like center backs Um, they really are only using center backs yeah um, and kyle walker and kyle walker kyle walker comes in for for nathan ake he's been really good probably their best defender this year um arguably um and it's just like Kyle Walker comes in. Like, they have Kyle Walker to come in. It's like, damn it. I don't know, man. Um, John Stones has had a fantastic season. Yeah, and Diaz, I think, came in and basically <laughs> stabilized them. Do you want uh, to name the entire team? Let's but, go. like, yeah, they, they have a bunch of good... This is why, though. I think this is why City have so many good center backs because they realize how important they are to how they play. I think that's a very, like, defining aspect of them as a club. Uh, if you can't hear that, uh, it is pouring rain in New York City, and mm. our air conditioner is just getting slammed by the raindrops. Mm. But it adds some nice ambiance, light a candle, has some hot cocoa, get some soup, you know? Anyway, continue, Blair. Hot cocoa soup. The thing um, is, yeah. they signed Holland, but yeah. they also signed a backup in case he didn't work out, who is also working out. Yeah, he's very good. Like, Julian fuck. Is very, very what are you good. supposed to do with that? Yeah, I guess the secret is getting a bunch of fast, money, technically able center backs. Oh. And you're fine. I mean, yeah. they all... I, I guess Diaz is like the slowest one, but they're all very fast still, um, and they all can are ball players. So, I guess it sounds stupid, but sign very good players that can fit into system <laughs> roles that require different systems, and you'll be fine. I mean, Pep's done like three systems this year, so and and they've all worked. That's the thing. He can like he can. These are like building blocks. He can take players out and put them together and manage, managers do it all the time. That's not to say Pep's the only guy that does this, but, um, the, he's, he's like building a, a wardrobe, you know, where you get like all like the same kind of pieces yeah. that can all work with each other. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, know when you, like you're packing you to travel. The, yeah. The, the, like the uniform, like the universal, yeah. um, plug that you can plug into any outlet. Yeah. Wherever, yeah. Wherever. Yeah. Isn't it wild that the discussions around like is you know yeah Holland's having a good season, but are Manchester City better with him? Mm. Are they actually better? I mean, I those yeah, were, I thought that was a ridiculous run of articles that like they were putting out. Anyway, we can move on. Uh, let's move on to <laughs> Manchester United one nil Aston Villa. Transition. Uh, all right blair god let's 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 go off your notes here Mm. all right blair all right blair some more manchester united wanted to attack down the left and found most of their success on that side all right i'll bite rashford's position is slightly biased to that side is rashford a left playing striker hmm or is he left playing center forward yeah, I guess that makes sense. I think either way, he's going to end up in that same channel on the field. He'll either cut in from the wide area. Um, Talking to, about that half space? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Or he'll he'll fade to that side coming from the middle of the field. Depends on, depends on where you put him, but that's where he wants to end up because I think he likes that shot um, with his uh, right foot trying to go for the back post. That's definitely uh, his bag for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, his speed and movement was a big problem for Villa's um, right side today and I thought Ezri Kansa and Ashley Young were it was like they're watching them like ride a bull they were really just hanging on for dear life and um, I think they like large honestly they like largely were <laughs> successful um, their high line caught them off sides a bunch of times which was good um, more in the beginning though but yeah and they were really playing on a razor 
thin margin there. It felt like at any moment one of those was going to just be onside and that was going to be it. You know, I mean, no one had yeah, a company it for just, it. To me, this game felt like Manchester United had a really good grasp on the game the entire time. Yeah. And Aston Villa had chances, but I never really felt that they were ever going to score. No, no, you didn't. They had a couple. They had, like, I think minute 20 to 25 or 28 where they were, like, getting into the game and you're like, oh, this could be like a good match. It could be very back and forth. And then all of a sudden Manchester United just kind of uh, fell back into control and uh, took back the game. Yeah, yeah. I think that I definitely agree with that. I think probably the best chance was Alex Moreno's shot that hit Dehaya right in the chest. Um, yeah. That was a good one. He didn't really place it very well and Dehaya did well to save it because it was from pretty close range. Nearly and he six. was falling. Yeah. Yeah, um, that felt like their best chance, um, but, you know, they basically only got, like, one of those. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think United eventually won in a deserved fashion. Um, it's kind of hilarious looking at their shot map because they're all from <laughs> the left side of the field. Matty, Kansa, Andre Kansa, and Ashley Young were struggling to keep up with Sancho and Rashford on that wing. Caused a bit of mayhem, as Blair mentioned. All those shots. What do you think of Jaden Sancho's Manchester United season? I I mean, he, he's come back from a little bit of a mental break, if I'm correct. He, he took a few months off to recover uh, from some uh, mental lapses i guess did he he had to get right yeah i don't really know if we ever found out exactly what happened but he was training away from the team for one reason or the other yeah Yeah. um and i i'm i'm really happy to see him back and i'm really happy Mm -hmm. i like him as a player which is hard for me to say watching him at manchester united there's a few players on manchester united that i feel that way about and we all know who it is (laughs) but i do really like him as a player and i really like I mean, he has the gumption to look at Bruno Fernandez during the game and say, chill out. Mm. I know I didn't pass to you this time. Relax. Like, that's the kind of player yeah. that you want on your team because you don't, you can't, whatever. He's, 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 he's got a, seems he, like he's in a good space. He seems like he's in a really good space and he seems like he's coming into his role at Manchester United well coming back from whatever break he was on. And, um, I mean, it's hard to tell where he's going to go. And, you know, the rest of the season, I guess, will give us a little insight because he hasn't played too many games, I guess. 20 so matches. Far. Yeah, and how many in a row for right now? Uh, let's oh, let's see. that's tough. One, <laughs> he's played three, four. <laughs> he's been back for what uh, two months i think i think Six it's he's also in uh in a position where he has to compete with several other people uh anthony notably um and uh, now that eric ten Hag is playing bruno fernandez on the wide spaces uh that's strange but um, still don't like that yeah it's, never will it's, like that it's strange and it works sometimes yeah it works when they're winning it um. Yeah, I think. For, yeah, for, mm, I, I th- I'll agree with that. Yeah, it works when he, it works. All right, Maddie. Yeah, impossible has... mode challenge. Say one nice thing about Bruno Fernandez. Mm, no, <laughs> I. Oh, God, he had a nice shot. All right, he did have the goal, didn't he? He had he the score. goal. He had a nice shot. I guess. Um. I also really have a problem with Casemiro, and I know he had a good game today, mm. but I. It, it, I don't think he really plays for the ball, and I think he should have been carded a few times. He had nine passes yeah. into the final yeah. third. Yeah, that's great. But you, you can't just be this dirty player and get away with it. Apparently you can, but he's he also is. the most red-carded player yeah, in the league. He, that's, that's, he's really good at that. That's, that's the special talent. It's the got. Gerber baby face that he has. Yeah, he, he's, he's the Teflon man for sure. He's, everything just, nothing sticks to him. It's Blair, does Aston Villa... Um, what do they take away from this, and where do you expect to see them in their next run-up? Let me get you their fixtures in a second. They got Wolves, Tottenham, Liverpool, Brighton, Newcastle, Fulham. Ooh. Oh, sorry. Take Fulham and Newcastle off my bad. They've got four fixtures left in the season. Wolves, Tottenham, Liverpool, Brighton. Man, I can't, we're already there. We're at four fixtures left in the season. Yeah. 
Wow. Uh, this year has gone quickly, folks. Um, I think Aston Villa have made a great run to close this season. Um, they certainly look better. I think that the numbers don't necessarily paint as positive a picture as the uh, outcomes of this run would suggest, but they certainly are much, doing much better than the uh, battle days of the Gerard era. Um, so uh, definitely pointing in the right direction. Um, I don't think they're going to finish in the Europa League spot, fifth place. Like I feel pretty confident in that, I would say. Conference. Um, I think they could finish conference, yeah. I, think, I feel like it feels like seventh or about there is definitely like on the cards for them. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really see a reason why they couldn't do that. Um, the, the, the fixtures are tough, though. I mean, uh, Spurs will definitely be up for that match, you would expect, um, although I said that about the Newcastle match and mm-hmm. this Liverpool it, match I was thinking as well because those is, are yeah. some... Uh, important matches to decide table positions and things like that. But uh, Liverpool is going to be tough on the road. Absolutely. And then Brighton is always a tough out um, except for this week for some reason. These four teams that exist um, on the fringes of the top 10, um, Aston Villa, Brighton, Brentford, Mm -hmm. and Fulham, Mm -hmm. all... Um, our roommate I, just walked yeah, by. Through <laughs> uh, our recording studio, they they're like all teams you just don't want to face, right? Yeah. Uh, I propose a name for these four teams because these are the shining four uh, teams that have performed in spite of right the other teams, um, the Goon Squad. Okay. 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 Now, will these teams always be the goon squad, or is it the teams in these places? It's the teams in these places. This is an ever-evolving squad of the goons of the mid-table. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Everyone else, Crystal Palace. Oh, Crystal Palace are above Chelsea. Yeah. Oh well, they've got two games. Let's talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody want to talk about that? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, um, Aston Villa, you think they'll finish uh, above Tottenham, guys? Yes. Um, I follow your heart, Maddie. <laughs> I, I no, I don't think so. They're tied for points right now. Yeah, I don't think they will though. I think Tottenham's remaining games they should pick up a good amount of points from them. Um, I could I could have just said what they were because I was looking at them, and Crystal I decided Palace, not to. Aston now hang out. Villa, one of them Brentford is Aston Villa Tottenham. and Leeds. Aston yeah. Villa Tottenham will be a fun one to watch. Yeah, I think we'll have at to. home in Aston Villa. Yeah, in Birmingham. Yeah. The pinky fucking blinders. Wow. Thomas Shelby says hello. <laughs> so many hats with knives. Nope, nope, nope. No, that's what they had. Hats I with, know. Or knives with hats. Mmm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Is the hat becoming defined by its operative mode or its secondary mode? Is the hat, is it a hat or is it a knife? Is it? Because you wear it as a hat. You do wear it as a hat, it as a knife. but you use it as a Yeah, you're not really wearing the hat for the hat's sake so uh-huh. much as you're wearing it for the secret knife's sake. Hey, so, Zach. Zach, we have a question for you. Yeah, really. <laughs> is is a, if, if you have a knife in your hat, is the knife wearing the hat or is the hat wearing the knife? Have you seen the new Mortal Kombat movie? Have you seen the new Mortal Kombat movie? No. Has anybody? I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Um, okay. You know the guy with the hat that cuts people's head off? Seeing as I haven't seen the movie, no. Yeah, okay. <laughs> in, like a in, sombrero. Yeah, that is a knife all the way around. Oh, so that is So in answer to your a... question, yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Great, 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 great. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Zach's debut on the Plastics <laughs> Podcast. Uh, my next question here. Did any of you watch Jerry Springer growing up? No. I feel like he you'd occasionally catch like a couple of minutes of Jerry Springer when you're homesick because that's like daytime television, you know? I always watch Say Us the Dress. Huh. I okay. had a very different childhood than you. No, but I, I agree. You're just flipping through channels. You see, oh, there's a bunch of people cheering and yeah. Jerry Springer's on. Yeah, I would you would just see that. And I, I never had any interest in watching it, but I would <laughs> see it, you know? Yeah, and you, you know, it'd be like a... A couple is going through things, and then it's revealed that one of them cheated on the other, and the person that they were cheating with gets brought out from backstage, and then yeah. a big fight ensues. And so you're it's just kind of like, Judy? 
No, it's way it's worse. It's wild. <laughs> it's, there's no control. Yeah. You know, Judge Judy was like the highest paid TV personality on television for like a long time, like decades. She's making like Judy. 40 mil a year. She was, she's Judy. loaded. Yeah. I mean, she's got to listen to some bullshit all day. Is she day. still alive? Yeah, she is. Yeah, she's still on TV. She's still on TV. Yeah, man. Nice. I thought she retired. Is she, she retired? Okay, know. here's she's my thing. TikTok. Here's my thing about Jerry Springer. Uh, if you don't know, Jerry Springer has died. Uh, he's dead. Yeah. Um, 70 years old? And he, one of the quotes that uh, he left us with goes along the lines of him thinking that his, he regrets doing the show because he believes that it helped with a societal decline in the United States. My question is, how did you not see that coming? <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you <laughs> I don't do know. a show like that and think this is being bringing positive values to American families? Dude, there's so much. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. There's so much television out there. Like, I remember watching so much Dr. Phil with my parents growing up. That guy, he's not a good person. <laughs> he's also not a doctor. <laughs> yeah, like, a lot of this uh, entertainment television that's, like, parading as, like, Dr. Oz and his his medical recommendations mm. or uh, going on Oprah or whatever. Oh, man, this is, it's degrading society for sure. <laughs> it's not good for us. <laughs> Who does Family Feud? Oh, Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey. Yeah. He seems wholesome. Yeah, he's fine. He's a good guy. Uh, Judge Judy is uh, on a new show on Amazon called Judy Justice since 2021. <laughs> I hope she got that bag, dude. I hope Judge Judy. It's Judge Judy Justice. You've just been delivered some Judy Justice. <laughs> you know uh, who's a huge fan of Judge Judy? Uh, no. Um, Jim Harbaugh, the head coach of the really? University of Michigan football team. Now, here's the thing. Coach. Is that something he says to appeal to the family aspect of being football in America? You uh, know? He, like, there's there's a photo. Like there's better picture, like, better people you can pick to appeal to the masses. There's a photo Judge. of Jim Harbaugh and his dad sitting front row at a, a table. No way. Yeah, I'm not even kidding. That's yeah. awesome. And his face, he's, he's just so <laughs> he's happy living. to be there. Yeah, oh he's God. like, this is amazing. <laughs> Imagine inspiring. I hope this never ends. Yeah, like a, one of the highest earning football coaches yeah. in college. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Um, you know Seeing how the shows work, though? Paid. Don't they record the whole season in like five days? Oh, yeah. They just, they just knock them out. Yeah. But you know that like... The, the actual case, like, they will pay the settlement if it's, like, below $6,000 or something. Like, they just, like, have you on and, like, we'll pay whatever it is. Oh, you but just, we you just, just do we, need you, we need to air out your dirty laundry. Yeah, we need the entertainment. But you're broke, so we'll pay it. Yeah, exactly. Your reputation will just get shattered. It's like, otherwise, why would you go on Judge Judy? Like, what are you getting out of it? You know? I don't, I guess I never thought well, about that. Well, now you get some TikTok fame because all of those clips get replayed on See, TikTok. See, like, honestly, uh, though, with everything, I just assume... Most videos now, they're just actors. Yeah. To some fashion or another. Well, yeah. now there's that new show where there's like <laughs> 12 jury members. Another and one's society an actor. declining show. Yeah. Which but one? it's funny. Oh, jury. Right? Yeah. There's 12 jurors and one's an actor. Oh, or they're yeah. all actors, but one's not. And, a, and then you have to like, he, he does like. It's a famous movie. Uh, Sidney Lumet directed it as a 12 Hangry Men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, we Is probably. It Lumet or Lumet? Oh, yeah. Also. Um, have you guys seen the uh, new Super Mario Brothers movie? No, no. but it did hit $1 billion. Cool. I don't care about that one. Have you seen dollars. the original Super Mario Brothers movie? No, we, we tried to watch it last night. Yeah, well, this, this is... This Couldn't is, find it? It's literally not streaming anywhere. Blair, do you know about it? No, I don't. Let me pitch you something. Is it live action? Let me pitch you <laughs> something that... Sh stop spoiling Oh, things. I'm so sorry. This is going to be... I'm, I, I got to lay this okay. one red... Lay it out. Okay. Silver platter. Imagine, if you will, oh, a wow. live action movie. Oh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. A live uh -huh. action? With the Mario Brothers. But instead of wholesome uh, Italian superheroes, they are gritty Brooklyn plumbers. <laughs> Dennis Hopper was in this movie. <laughs> what? Imagine if you took Yoshi and made him one of the most horrifying visages you could think of for practical effects. An actual dinosaur. Oh, wait, what? No. Imagine making Koopa Troopas vague humanoid representations. Mm. And obviously Princess Peach, Hot Staten as Island. 
Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And let me ask you one more question. Do you have to rescue her from Staten Island? No, they, they they go to some. They go like into the sewers underneath New York City. Oh no! And that's where she lives. No, that's where Bowser lives. Oh. <laughs> My, uh, what I wonder is why did it fail? Why? What was wrong with that? You know, it had all the right qualities. Anyway, so what you're what, what we'll be doing tonight is trying to find that movie, uh, um, legally or illegally. You didn't hear that. We're just joking. For legal purposes, we will be uh, buying the physical DVD copy because that's the only way you can watch this movie. So I'm looking at the reception tab on Wikipedia, and there's some interesting stuff. I always find it fun when the Rotten Tomatoes score is like 28%, when the Metacritic rating is like, I don't know, 35 out of 100 and then the audience score like surveyed by CinemaScore gave it a grade of a B plus on a scale of <laughs> hey, A plus. To it's, it's so like it's 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 at that tier where it's so bad it's good. Audiences had a fun time at the theater. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's nice, and I saw it forever ago when I was a kid. Now I want to watch it again as a little taster before I go and see the new Super Mario Brothers movie, <laughs> a family friendly movie with Chris Pratt. With Chris Pratt, he's so cool, so hot right now. Anyway, uh, closing thoughts, guys? Uh, yeah, I have so many. Um, tomorrow... I am holding my mic so that it doesn't collapse. Oh, you are. Okay. Yeah. Roger Ebert had it on uh, his list of worst films of 1993. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know it's good nice. then. Should we do a fantasy roundup this week? Yeah. No. no. Okay. Top five, Blair, go. My why, Jennifer Caramooch is still holding it down. Jennifer's one. running Jenny away with block. it. Yeah, she's at 22-28. Okay, total. what's second place at? Madison Gaylor, a.k.a. Jesus, Carl Williams, no. is in second place. He's is, His rapid ascent to the top. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to catch Jennifer, uh, but dang, he's he doing at? his best. Uh, to be fair, he's, tie, he's tied with uh, Don Wizzy, uh, Wisdom Daniel. The They're points. both at 2,183 points. All right, Madison. Trailing Taylor, closely behind is Benbo, Benjamin Emberly, who is at 2,180 points, just three points behind second place. And then uh, No Be Juju Be Dat, uh, oh, which is Dairon uh, Gabolagunte, is at 2,155 points. Who is Juju? Um, like Juju Smith-Schuster, maybe? Of course. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense, but yeah, some uh, <laughs> falls from grace for for folks like uh, Awad and Soj King. Um, some uh, tough weeks, I guess, but yeah, all to play for, I guess. So we'll see what what happens. But I I would say that your presenters on this show, uh, here come the Suns, um, yes, indeedy, and Blair found Jesus are all solidly out of contention for the scarf at the end of the year. I'll put it that way. You never know, man. I don't know, Jennifer. You might have to be sending us your address because uh, I don't maybe. Know. Well, you know what, Jennifer? Don't count your eggs. All right, don't count <laughs> your scarves before the winter. We're hatches. gonna get you after the last week. <laughs> we're on. We're on our way. Can't believe it. All the right. triple captain. All right. We'll see you all somebody. next week. Wait, man, did you want to do your shoutouts? <laughs> you want to shout you have out? shoutouts? Yeah, you said you had something about something's going on tomorrow. Oh yeah, Lester's playing tomorrow. So oh yeah we'll see all we need all right. is I'll wrap it up we've tried to end this episode three times now third time's a charm yeah that's it have a great week Cheers. follow us on instagram i mean if you're listening here you probably already do yeah love you guys anything else jacob no i'm good but <laughs> i'm trying i'm trying to corral us you're corralling us i didn't mean to hit that disaster disaster